You may be seated this morning. Two weeks ago, Pastor Clanton started a, a series called Infinitely More, and we've been looking at this passage in Ephesians chapter 3, and it says this, When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray for, that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. And may you experience the love of Christ, though it's too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and the power that comes from God. And now here's the verse we want to key in on today. Now all the glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than what we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. One of the questions that's asked at one time or another in our lives is what is the meaning or what is the purpose of life? And the answer is found right here in our passage today. See, your greatest purpose in life is to glorify God. The reason you and I live, the reason our heart beats, the reason we have air in our lungs is to glorify God. When we live for the glory of God, then we can expect God's glory in our life. But if we choose to live for ourselves, then we can expect the glory of God to depart. So if I want the glory of God in my life, or I want the presence of God in my life, then I need to make sure that I'm living for it. Not just for others to see, but in my private life as well. And so the question is, how can I glorify God with, with my life? Not in just the obvious spiritual stuff, but in everything that we do. And for some people, the answer is simple. For pastors and missionaries, we, we talk on a daily basis with people about God all the time. But what if you're an assistant working in a office or or a mechanic at a dealership or an insurance broker you know how do we glorify god with our life's work and we can glorify god by doing our work in such a way that makes the invisible god visible remember we are made in the image of god and what we do and how we live our lives should reflect him and when we reflect his glory, then we can expect, expect his presence to be in every aspect of our life. In Psalm 19, it says this, The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. Day after day, they continue to speak. Night after night, they make him known. They speak without a sound or word. Their voice is never heard. Yet their message has gone throughout the earth, and their words to all the world. You know, have you ever sat there and wondered, you know, how the stars actually proclaim the glory of God? It's simply by being a star. Or how about the trees that you guys are sitting underneath right now? How do they glorify God? By simply being a tree. Or what about flowers? How, how do flowers glorify God? by simply unfolding their beautiful colors every spring. 
when we see the world the way that God intended it, the way it's supposed to be, then God gets the glory without even saying a word. Since you and I are made in the image of God, we can reflect God's glory and live for him each day of our lives. You see, God is glorified when we recognize him as my first priority in life. See, the only way we can truly glorify God is if we make him the most important being in our life. And I want you to think for a moment. I want you to ask yourself, what is the most important thing in my life right now? You know, that's a great question to ask. And if you want to get to know someone, ask them that question. What's the most important thing in your life right now? And you'll find out a great bit of deal about them. See, it's a great question to ask. See, life is bigger than we are. And if we're to live a life that glorifies God, then we have to make sure we put him first in our life. See, working with students, I have the opportunity to talk to them quite a bit. And there's been many times I've had to tell them this. And parents, you understand this, that the world does not revolve around them. They think it does, but it doesn't. And we have to keep reminding them that. See, it wasn't up until the 1500s that most people thought that the earth was the center of the universe, that everything revolved around the earth. The sun and all the planets revolved around the earth. Our kids think everything revolves around them. Our schedules revolve around them. But that's not so. See, in order to glorify God, we first have to have that relationship with Jesus. And that means allowing God's plan to become our plan. See, whatever you want God to bless in your life, you need to make sure that you put him first in your life. See, if you want God's blessing in every aspect of your life, in every little detail of your life, you need to make sure he's the most important. Our priorities show what we value. In Matthew 6, it says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he'll give you everything you need. See, we have to seek after God, seek him first, put him first in our life. And as I glorify God, when I glorify God in my life, when I choose to make him the most important, when I put God above everything else in my life, when I live to, to bring God glory, then it honors him. And the only way to do that is to stop trusting ourselves and to place our complete trust in Jesus. And when I begin that relationship with Jesus, we acknowledge God is the right, in the rightful place of our life. When I confess my sin and admit my need for Jesus in my life, I'm glorifying God. And so this leads me to what I see as three practical areas we need to glorify God. See, God is glorified when I choose to love him with my whole being. When I choose to love God with everything inside of me. See, we're pretty good at using the word love incorrectly. We'll say things like, I love roller coasters. Or, I love steak. I love warm weather, right? Or how about this one? I love when I come to a railroad crossing and there isn't, a, there isn't a train blocking the tracks, right? See, do I really love those things? Do I love those things as much as I love God? 
See, I think the better term to use would be like. I really like steak a lot. See, I don't love steak the way I love my wife. I don't love steak the way I love God. There was one day when the religious leaders were getting together and they wanted to try to trap up Jesus. And they asked him this question, what is the most important command, commandment, God? And Jesus responded in Matthew 22. He said, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. Now, in some ways, loving God is like loving another person. And in other ways, it's, it's very different. But one of the most important parts is that we desire to be near him and to spend time with him. There was a woman who called the radio station asking for advice. She was upset that her fiancé wasn't wanting to spend time with her, that he would rather go out with his friends and hang out with his friends and do stuff with his friends and his buddies than spend time with her. And the radio host responded saying, get a clue. This guy doesn't love you. If he loved you, he'd want to spend time with you. See, if we love someone, we want to spend time with them. We want to be with them. See, I love going on my family vacations. And a couple weeks ago, we went up north to my parents' cottage, and we just spent all week on the water. We were jet skiing and tubing, and the kids didn't even want to come in. They just wanted to stay out there and just stay on the water. I had to. My thumb was just killing me from holding that throttle down. If you've, if you've ever done that or, or snowmobiled, you know that throttle after a while, it starts to wear on that hand. And after hours of doing this, I was like, I'm done. I can't keep going, right? And I loved being out there with them. But one thing that really caught me was at the end of vacation, all of a sudden, I was starting to feel a little sad, and I'm like, what's going on? We're just having a great time. We had so much fun. And all of a sudden, I start reflecting, and I, I, I thought, you know what? Vacation's over. I have to go into the office tomorrow. Now, I love what I do, but I love to spend time with my family. And I realized that I wasn't going to be able to hang out with them all day anymore. You know, I was going to miss my family because I love spending time with them. If we love someone, we want to be with them. See, we glorify God when we want to be with them. And so how can we spend time with God? By reading your Bible. And if you haven't started reading your Bible, I want to encourage you to start. Just pick up in, in the book of John and just begin to read it for a couple minutes and let God's word begin to fill your life and change you so that you can live a life that's pleasing to him. And then spend some time in prayer. Prayer is just simply talking to God the same way that, that you and I talk or you and your friends talk to one another. You know, talking with God. And so if you don't know what to pray about, pray for your family. Pray for their health. Pray for their well-being. Pray for our nation and, and all the political and social unrest that's taking place. And if you still run out of things to pray about, come find me and I'll give you a list of things you can pray about for me because it's a mile long and my wife would be like, please pray for him, okay? But spend time in prayer and then spend time in worship as well. A couple weeks ago, Pastor Clanton was sharing about singing praise to God and just what that does in our life. And so when we express our love to God through worship, when we sing to him, it draws us into his presence. When I choose to love God with everything inside of me, God delights in it. When I'm reading the Bible, when I'm praying, when I'm worshiping him, 
I'm inviting his presence into my life. And as I invite his presence into my life, the Holy Spirit's going to come and he's going to begin to do a work in my life. He's going to begin to, to begin to smooth off those rough edges in my life. And he's going to be able to bring clarity and help me to see what's important. And that's him. When I choose to love God with my whole being, I begin to glorify God in every area of my life. See, secondly, God is glorified when I choose to accept his commands. You know, our love for God, it starts in our heart, but it needs to be worked out through our actions as well. Following God's command, you know, it includes not stealing or looting or cheating on your taxes. It involves telling the truth and loving your spouse, controlling your anger, forgiving your enemies, and the list goes on and on. See, I don't think anyone would argue that we live in a world that's full of compromise. In fact, compromise is praised as a virtue. In our marriages, we are constantly compromising. And somehow I always think I'm, I'm at the short end of the stick on that one. I'm always losing that compromise. Yet too often, we compromise our convictions. And instead of following how God says we should live, we've settled for what the world has said. See, in the Bible, there was this young man named Daniel, and he was taken captive from from Judah to Babylon, and along with many others, and they were beginning to be trained in the royal palace, and they were given everything they needed. They were being schooled in math and history, agriculture, architecture. They were able to eat at the king's table and eat all the king's food. But Daniel stood up and said, There is no way that he could go against God's law. In Daniel 1.8, it says, Daniel was determined not to defile himself by eating the food and wine given to them by the king. And he asked the chief of staff for permission not to eat these unacceptable foods. See, Daniel didn't argue about the education that he was receiving. He didn't argue about the training program that he was going through or even serving in the king's court. Daniel drew the line where the scriptures did. See, it was unacceptable for Daniel to eat that food at the king's table. And by standing up, he was risking his life, but he had this unwavering faith in God. And he offered this simple test. He said, just test me for 10 days. Let me eat the foods that I'm allowed to eat and I am permitted to eat. And after these 10 days, Let's compare how I look and see how I am afterwards. And after those 10 days, he was looking better than all the others. And God was with him. Because Daniel chose to follow God's commands, God was glorified in his life. God was with Daniel and gave him great favor in the king's eyes. And God exalted Daniel into a place of power. See, when you choose to glorify God by accepting all his commands, you can expect God to bless your life. Now, you may not be promoted to the highest position in your office, and you're still going to have problems in life. Daniel found himself in a den of lions later on. He, he, his life wasn't just simple. It wasn't all easy. But when you live a life that glorifies God, you can trust that God's going to show favor to you. See, God is also glorified when I choose to enjoy all his blessings. 
We can glorify God by sitting on the grass and watching the sunset. We can glorify God by going out on a boat and fishing. We can glorify God by eating that nice cheesy pizza with all those meat toppings, right? We can glorify God by sitting in our living rooms and playing Monopoly with our family. Now, if you're like me, you may have a bit of a competitive streak and sometimes the night just doesn't go as planned and you may encounter some issues and some arguments with one another, right? Because of the little competitiveness or maybe that's just my household, I don't know. But having the glory of God in your life, it doesn't mean that all your relationships are going to be the best. It doesn't mean that they're going to be perfect. And in fact, next week, Pastor Clanton's going to be back and he's going to be sharing how our relationships and in our relationships, we're going to experience some difficulties. We're going to have some spiritual warfare. And so make sure you join with us. You're going to be blessed by it. But there's going to be issues that come up that you're going to have to deal with, that not everything is going to be perfect. You know, you just live for a couple days and you know not everything's going to be perfect. But when you need comfort of his presence then you need to stop and do what Paul says and think. Meditate upon the word of God. Think about it and, and journal and reflect what God has done in your past. You know, where the glory of God is, you can have peace in your life. You can find healing. You can receive comfort and strength. You know, you may not understand everything that God does. And you may not understand why God doesn't heal you or heal your child or stop an earthquake or a tsunami, but you can still have that same attitude that James said, and count it all joy when these things happen in your life. See, the key is to remember that all the good things we enjoy in life are not things that we deserve, but rather they're gifts from our gracious God. If we want the glory of God in our life, then we need to live for his glory. And Colossians 3.17 says, Let every detail in your lives, words, actions, whatever, be done in the name of the Master Jesus, thanking God the Father every step of the way. You see, this is a full-time, 24-hour, seven-days-a-week job. Living as a passionate follower of Christ should make a difference in everything that, that you and I do, even the small, routine, ordinary parts of our life. And so when you ask, you know, does every detail in our life really mean every detail? I mean, really, does it? Yeah, it really does. Does it really mean how I have to brush my teeth in the morning? Yes. Just ask your dentist, right? We should brush our teeth well and, and don't forget the floss. That's one of the things that they keep asking all the time. How are you flossing? Are you flossing, right? Floss. Well, don't just focus on the simple task of brushing your teeth, we shouldn't just be concerned about ourselves, but for others as well. When I brush my teeth in the morning, before I give my wife a kiss, you know, I'm being considerate of her. And I'm hoping she's been considerate of me as well, and she's brushed her teeth, right? So even in the smallest, most ordinary, mundane aspects of our life, we have the opportunity to glorify God. And so how you study at school, how you treat your family, the attitude you bring to work, how you relate to your neighbors, all these things are important in your life. And we need to remember that everything we do is to bring glory to God. 
And there's no part of our life that's exempt. And I don't know about you, but I struggle sometimes when it comes to every aspect of my life. Did I mention I have a competitive streak? When we go to camp, I try not to play the games. I get too competitive, and I get angry when I lose. When we play games at home, you know, I struggle. I struggle. There's times where all of a sudden we're playing something and my kids do something. They, they don't abide by the rules, and I call them out on it. And Jeanette's like, well, no, just let it be. They're just kids. And I'm like, wait, no, 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 no. They don't get a fair, you know, if they're cheating, I, no, that's not fair. And I'll get upset, and I'm like, if you're not going to play by the rules, I quit. Right? I want to win. Now, maybe you're more spiritual than me. So how about when you're driving, when someone cuts you off the road, or worse, when someone's driving five miles under the speed limit, right? Or maybe it's the business deals that you make or the shows you watch. You see, when you want the presence of God in your life and enjoy all the blessings he has for you, then you need to make sure that every detail in your life glorifies God. And it may sound like it's a little too hard to make every little detail in your life glorify God. But if you begin to trust God, if you place your trust in him, his presence will come. And he's going to help you begin to accomplish this day by day, step by step. And so let's look at how we can live this week for God's glory. Number one, I said this, strengthen your family through a loving relationship. See, our home is to be managed and cared for. It's a place where God is to be glorified, just like everything else God has given us. You know, we are called to care and tend for the blessings that God has placed in our life. And this includes our home, our children, our marriages. You know, if you want to bring the glory of God with you into your home, you have to love one another with genuine love. And so everything we do as a passionate follower of Christ is to be done in love. And so husbands, do you love your wife? Do you encourage her? Do you cherish her? Parents, are you kind to your children? Do you show them grace? Do you show them compassion? Do you offer them kindness and love when they make mistakes? John 13, 34 says, Now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I've loved you. You should love each other. And it can be tough sometimes when your child just broke your family heirloom. All right? Yet when we demonstrate that unconditional love to them, it's going to strengthen your relationship and you begin to model to them what it means to love. When we love our family like Christ loved us, we're honoring God. And we're inviting his presence into our home. Secondly, and let me talk to our students here. I want you to live out your faith at school. You know, I know school's starting here for most of us. Um, and it's looking quite different in, from years past. Some schools are just going all virtual, while others are starting out virtual. And then a couple weeks later, they're going to have everyone join on the campus and other school districts are doing a, a hybrid where you start out on campus and go home and do virtual and then come back. And it's going to look different, and I know it's going to look different in years past, but that doesn't mean we still can't honor God and glorify him 
when you're meeting, whether it's online or in person. And so students, learn to stay close to God and depend upon him. You know, whether things get tough at school or at home in your classes, learn to trust in God. Turn to God and ask for his help. Focus on honesty and integrity. Strive to make integrity the foundation of your life and everything you do. And then work towards excellence. Work hard and do your very best. You know, God has given you an incredible intelligence. And so use your skills, use your talents, use your brains and gifts that, that God has given you to the best of your ability. Colossians 3.23 says, don't just do the minimum that will get you by. I think he was writing to teenagers right there. Don't just do the minimum that will get you by. Do your best. Work from the heart for your real master, for God. Confident that you'll get paid in full when you come into your inheritance. See, learn the art of getting things done early. Don't procrastinate. Give your all in everything you do. And when you live out your faith, when you do all for the glory of God, your teachers, your friends, your peers, your classmates, they're going to notice. They're going to see a difference in you. And so students, I encourage you this year, allow God to move in your life when you're at school. And then third, pursue excellence at work. Mark Twain once said, work is a necessary evil to be avoided. And I imagine that there's been days where you may have felt he got that one right, right? But God is the one who instituted work. He's the one that created work when he created the world. And God designed work for his glory and for our good. See, good work is a reflection of God. And so look for ways to grow in your skill set. Work hard and try to do everything to the best of your ability. Proverbs twenty-two twenty-nine says, Observe people who are good at their work. Skilled workers are always in demand and admired. They don't take a back seat to anyone. Your job provides an opportunity for you to honor God. And maybe you haven't really thought about how your job can bring glory to God. Think about this, though. When you are looking for a job, you probably asked God for help. You probably prayed and said, God, help me find a job. And then when you found that job, you probably gave God thanks. This weekend, as we celebrate Labor Day, where we honor those who've worked hard and all the contributions to all those that work, I want to encourage you to give God thanks for the job that you have. Reflect upon how God has provided for you a home, food, clothing, your vehicles. Think about the different ways that you can make an impact at your, at your job by serving others, by helping them in different ways. It may, it may not be your job, but you still help them. See, most importantly, give God thanks. Show God gratitude for your paycheck. Thank him that you have a job and that each day you are able to work. And thank him for your coworkers. And if you struggle to do that, then just pray and thank God that you can pray for your coworkers and that God would work in their lives and, and do something 
amazing. But take this time this weekend. Talk with God and ask him, God, how can I continue to glorify you at my job? See, the list could go on and on, and I could share how we glorify God through the creativity that we bring or the fun activities that we do, like riding your bike or reading books. See, remember, our entire reason for living is to glorify God. And when we live for God's glory, when we live in a way that brings honor to Him, we can expect God's glory to be in our life. And if I want God's presence in my life, then I need to make sure that that I'm living for Him in every area of my life. So whether it's Sunday morning here or Thursday afternoon, whether we're singing songs here at church or you're working in your garage, we have an opportunity to live for Him. And when we live for His presence, He's going to come and fill us with a joy that comes as from living as we were meant to be. So this week, I want you to ask God, what area of my life do I need to work on? It might be something that I mentioned here today. It could be something totally different. But ask God to help you to make those changes that need to be made so that every day you can proclaim God's glory in everything that you do. Will you pray with me? God, you created us with a purpose. And that purpose is to glorify you in our lives. God, I marvel at how you created the stars and how beautiful they are. God, a sunset, how beautiful that is. God, we can find your glory in those things. But God, when we live for you, when we live for you and bring honor to your name, God, your glory is there as well. And so, God, I pray, help us to live for you. God, may your presence come into our lives and fill us each day. I shared today that in order to glorify God in our lives, we need to make sure that he's our first priority. And maybe you're here today or maybe you're watching right now online and you haven't made that decision yet. You haven't made that decision to to love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And you'd like to make that decision. You want to cross that line of faith by inviting Jesus into your life and to forgive you of your sins. If you want to make that decision today, will you pray along with me right now and just say, Jesus, thank you so much for loving me and dying on the cross for me. And God, I don't understand it all, but I do understand I need you in my life right now. And I ask you to come and forgive me. Forgive me of all my sins and make me a new person. Help me to live each day for you that will bring honor to your name, that will glorify you. Help me to live for you, I pray, in Jesus' name. And God, I also pray for everyone else here today. God, may you help us to glorify you in everything we do. When we go home today and talk with our families, may you help us to make our home a place that brings honor to you. 
God, for our students who are heading back to school, I pray for them and their parents. God, I know that this year is going to be different than years past. And God, some are anxious and fearful. God, some are afraid about going back to school. And I pray right now, may your peace fill them. God, I ask that you keep them safe and keep them healthy. And I pray that our students, as they go back to school, whether on campus or online, would live their faith out loud and glorify you. And now may you continue to watch over each and every one of us. God, may you bless us in our coming and going. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen. Well, we are so glad that you've worshiped with us today. And if you prayed that prayer with me today, we have a little gift for you. It's, it's this book. And if you're watching online right now and you prayed that prayer with me, will you just write a comment or even email us at office at woodland.church and say, hey, I've prayed that prayer. We'd love to send this book to you. It'll help you in your next steps. And um, we'll send it to you. And if you prayed that prayer and you're here today, we have this book at either one of our tents. And just stop by and say, hey, can I get that book? We'd be glad to give it to you, okay? So just let us know. Once again, thank you so much for joining with us today and worshiping together. I pray that you have a wonderful weekend and that you enjoy this Labor Day. And as you're leaving, don't forget to give. You can give online as well, but don't forget to give. Our ushers will be here at either one of the tents. You can just drop your offering in along with your communication cards. Those were in your bulletins. Just simply fill them out for us so we know who's here today and and on the back is a place for you to write any prayer requests that you may have. We as a staff, we pray for you daily. And we want to pray specifically for your needs as well. And so please let us know what they are, all right? You guys have a wonderful weekend. We love you. God bless.